This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 63. Ever wondered what it's like to try to get hired in private or corporate aviation? In all levels, uh, today I have somebody who is with me. Tom Wachowski has been here quite a few times. Who's going to help us answer a, a few questions? Actually, one question in particular about trying to find pilots in the private aviation market. And we're going to focus more so on the single engine and the piston type of aircraft. Then we'll work our way up to the jets and and the turbine type of aircraft. But this one focuses on more the positions that you would look towards that in trying to find that first job, that first job flying, and possibly maybe make a career out of it. But again, welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. Uh, This is a show where we give you an inside look into aviation careers and also try to help motivate you to move forward in your career towards your career goal, design the life that you want in the career that you want. You know, if you're looking into aviation as a career, this is a great place to start because, you know, you'll discover if this is for you, for me, it's yes. I love this career. And also, Tom Wachowski, he loves a career too. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carl. Yeah, thank you for having me back. It's always a good time to join the show. And uh, yeah, I love the career too. And uh, we'll get into some good stories. This will be a good episode. Yes, that's for sure. We uh, And we come at it from a couple different perspectives. I'm, I'm one that really likes the airlines. And by the way, I didn't think I was going to. As a matter of fact, most of my friends can't believe I fly for the airlines and enjoy it. <laughs> It's, it's funny. You just have to go out and try it and see if you, you enjoy it. And then Tom, on the other hand, he's flown for the airlines, but he likes the corporate aviation side of things. So we get uh, two different perspectives here as to what we like, but they're both a lot of fun, that's for sure. They are. <laughs> well, Tom, uh, welcome. Tom has a, a great podcast called the Private Jet Podcast, which uh, if you want to understand what it's like to own and operate and uh, certain things that will bring you value in that in that field, that would be a great podcast to listen to. If you're looking into getting to, into uh, the private aviation field, you, you really need to, to listen to that from a perspective of an employee that's going into uh, actually private jet aviation because of the fact that you'll learn what the employer and what the people operating the aircraft will will want to actually have you do and uh, what also their goals are. So that's a, that's a good podcast for that. So great content there, Tom, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. And real quick uh, from our sponsors, uh, what we uh, have, uh, of course, the AviationScholarshipsGuide.com. Uh, that's on our website. So if you do uh, like this content and you appreciate it, go out to uh, AviationScholarshipsGuide.com and also consider possibly becoming a member, a annual member, which will allow you to get hold of the whole scholarships guide. Also, we allow people that do monthly members to look at the scholarships guide, but if you become an annual member with Aviation Careers Podcast, you can look at the scholarships guide. You can also look at the... Uh, Practical Guide to Winter Flying for Free, the Pilot Jobs book, which was produced by Tom Wachowski, talks about how you can put a booklet together and how to prepare for an interview and really wow the people that are trying to hire you. And then when, uh, we also have some videos of different safety meetings that I actually present for, for both for the FA and privately. I record those and I share the slideshows. And as an annual member, you get to look at those slideshows. Primarily, those are technical. Those are things like uh, flying in the winter, flying in the summer, uh, descending via IFR type of things. So 
those are, are 80% of those are technical. Part of those are also career oriented. So go check those out. Also, uh, please check out our sponsors on the right side of the screen at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Well, let's get into our episode here and talk a little bit about private aviation. This question comes from a, a good friend, a neat guy. I met him at an air show. His name's Jim Golden. And uh, Jim Goldman, excuse me. He actually was interviewed at Sun and Fun, not this year, but in 2013. We did a quick interview about uh, the challenges and, in operating a small airport. He actually uh, used to help operate Westchester, uh, PA, Brandywine Airport. He also has his own private runway in New Hampshire. So we talked a little bit about that. What I'm going to try to do is find that interview and uh, link to that interview for you. Uh, hopefully it's out there, but it, sh- it might uh, just be on the Sun and Fun uh, website. But uh, here's this question. He said he had an idea uh, for something, uh, for a topic for Aviation Careers Podcast. He says this. He says, how does one go about hiring a pilot? And he means, he's not talking about airline hiring or a full-time employer. He's talking about a a non-pilot aircraft owner hiring the occasional pilot for a trip here or an aircraft movement there. How does the owner find the right people, and how do pilots go looking for that type of work? So, Jim, this is a, <laughs> this is we're finally getting to his question. He actually asked this question <laughs> a, a while ago, prior to, uh, or actually just after getting married, and uh, this was before Sun and Fun uh, 2014. But we finally got this together and said this would be a great topic to talk about now in in our series of podcasts. And so he's looking. He wants to know how to hire somebody, and uh, and you know. This this is an aircraft, say a non-pilot aircraft owner, and also the owner of a of a private aircraft. How do they go about hiring somebody to fly them around? So there's there's a there's a bunch of things here. There's a whole bunch of uh, questions within this. So let let's pick it apart a little bit. Let's first talk about in a, at a small airport. Let's start there. Hiring you know a non-pilot aircraft owner. Okay, this is like somebody who owns say a Saratoga, which is a six-seat single-engine aircraft. How do they hire a pilot? occasionally for a trip here or there in an aircraft movement here or there. Um, I've actually myself done some of this. The way that I, uh, <laughs> they found me is the, there's one person at the airport who, who knew a lot of different people, and the, the owner of the aircraft went to that person and said, hey, is there anybody around that could do this kind of flying? He picked me. So I did it through just a little bit of networking. But, Tom, what do you, you know, what, how does somebody go about finding somebody, and what does somebody who's looking to get hired by an individual who owns an aircraft do to try to get themselves into that airplane as a, as a an occasional type of pilot? Now, this is a great question. And I, I think of, I remember when we first looked at this email, when it first showed up and we were looking at it, it brought back this time when I was beginning my career working as a flight instructor up in Pontiac, Michigan and hanging around uh, the airport. And one day somebody came in, a gentleman, I'm, I'm, I haven't met Jim, but uh, as you describe him, it sounds very similar came in and said, I need a right seater for uh, Navajo, a chieftain. And uh, long story short, that ended up being me, and I ended up working for him on a day rate uh, as a right seater in his chieftain. And he was flying at 135 and, and just needed, their, needed that there for insurance reasons. But it was simply, you know, here's a guy who needed a pilot. In this case, it was just a, a co-pilot, but same idea. Uh, and he just wandered around to a couple of the FBOs or the small, uh, there's a couple small operators there on the field until he found someone that he kind of clicked with and uh, he gave him a try. In that case, it was me. So that story immediately came to mind. And, and really, I think the bigger takeaway there is, uh, you know, the network at the airport. 
I think that's a great idea. As a matter of fact, if you're a, a, a pilot and you want to get hired by people to fly their private aircraft, you know, you, you actually can go hang out with the FBO and get to know the fixed-based operator, the people that run the airport, and tell them, hey, listen, you know, I'm here. Here's my business card. Get a business card. Have your name on there. And say you're so-and-so commercial pilot. You may even want to look at putting together a website. You know, we have a, a link yeah, to a uh, As a matter of fact, I'll put the... Uh, the link to how to make a website on, on this episode. But you might want to look at putting a website together. Real simple. Say, hey, I'm a, I'm a pilot. I'm for hire. This is what I've flown, and this is what I can do for you. This is where I'm based, and these are the airports that I can operate out of because I can drive to those airports. Otherwise, outside that area, you're going to have to <laughs> you're gonna have to give me a call and maybe transport me there. But for the most part, when people are looking for a pilot, they're usually looking for somebody local. Believe me, I've done this a bunch of times oh. where someone says, hey, listen, i got to get to Miami for a, a meeting, and I'm here in Tampa. Well, gosh, they can do it on the airlines, but they want to work in, within their schedule. Well, I take them up in their Arrow, say they own a Piper Arrow, and we're down in Miami, do an hour and a half, hour there, and we hang out, have lunch, come right back, and they're done with their meeting. They're really getting utility out of that small aircraft. <laughs> you know, here's something else that a lot of times we, we have this perception that corporate aircraft are all these big jets. <laughs> but it's not true, is it, Tom? No, no. There's, there's lots of airplanes out there that are owned by corporations that are used by their businesses. I uh, I know somebody who has a Cherokee 6, 6 that owns a farm. I know another person that has a, um, a Beechcraft Duchess, which is a small twin-engine yeah. four-seater. These are all piston aircraft. And a lot of times these are owned by people that have a lot of money. You know, Sam Walton, who was a pilot, uh, he had quite a bit of money and, and put together this large uh, corporation called Walmart and, and large business. But he flew piston aircraft. One of the things he was proud about was the fact that he flew piston aircraft most of his life, going out and picking locations where he can find, you know, to put stores in. And he always kept those pistons. Of course, he moved up to jets later on because of <laughs> the, the wide stretch of his business. But, you know, the, it, the, the piston aircraft is, is so affordable, and it's something that if you have a short distance to go, say you're on one coast and you want to fly the other coast to, say, Florida, you can do that, and, uh, and you can do that in a piston instead of burning a lot of jet fuel. So let's go back to how do you find those jobs. Again, if you go where the pilots are, you go where the people are, and you go where the people that want to fly are, go to the airport, start networking, and just hanging out. If you're not working... It's a bad idea to sit at home in front of the TV and wait for a phone call. The best place to be is hanging out at the airport and talking aviation. Get to know people because people hire people, and they hire people they like. So, you know, Tom, I, I've actually had the opportunity to do a few of those flights where just looking back at some of the single-engine uh, type of flying I've done, there's some of that out there. You're, you're going to need to really network. Now, Tom, have you ever done any of that where you were just doing a single-engine type of uh, flying? No, the the smallest was that chieftain. chieftain. It's always gone up from there, yeah. Well, and, and that goes further into this point. How do you find a pilot? Well, uh, a lot of times you find it from those people that are flying the other corporate aircraft. And, and on the other perspective, how do I find a job doing that? Well, you get to be friendly with the people that own the aircraft on the field. Tom had a good example. You know, he, he saw somebody, and they were able to get him into the right seat of a chieftain. Well, I actually got to know a lot of the local pilots there that were flying King Airs at my at my uh, airport. Well, I didn't have a type rating. I didn't uh, really want to go out and get a type rating at that point. I was real busy with students. So they would call me up 
and say, hey, listen, we know it's your day off. Do you want to come in and fly the King Air and the right seat? We need two pilots. And every so often I would do that. As a matter of fact, that really progressed to the point of I, I became the third pilot in a two-pilot crew. And what does that mean? That means that you're the extra. And I know Tom can talk more towards this about his experience with having extra pilots. But what happened to me, I got to actually fly, as, you know, as I progressed, to fly, a, a, in, was it a, a 800XP, a Hawker 800XP, which is oh, wow, a beautiful yeah. jet. And I actually got to do some demo flights because I used to you know, dress up nice and go. And we would do demo flights because this aircraft that we we're flying was pristine. And so they would actually pay me to go out and do that. And uh, depending on what you're doing, the pay can range, can vary greatly. Uh, that's for sure. But Tom, give me, give me an idea as far as, uh, let's look at the corporate jet side. Uh, how do you hire somebody and how much do you hire them for normally? And you don't have to tell us exactly what your company does, but in general, what would it cost to hire a guy for a day that's just, or a gal, who's just going to be like a day pilot? Yeah, that's a good question. It's really dependent upon one thing, and that is the airframe. And so it's as simple as the smaller the airplane, the smaller the paycheck, the larger the airplane, the larger the paycheck. And I know people who do a lot of work in the Cirrus. That's a pretty common airplane owned by you know folks like Jim probably. Uh, and there's a lot of them out there. And so I, I don't know the going rate in that, but I would guess it's around $250, $250 a day. And then, you know, the full spectrum all the way up, uh, I have friends in the G5, G550 who charge 1500 a day. So it's airframe dependent uh, for both in terms of somebody who wants to work, you know, as a pilot and for somebody like Jim who wants to pay the pilot. All right. And going back to, to Jim's uh, scenario, let's go back up again to, for instance, I flew a Mooney for a while, and mm. uh, I was on a day rate for the Mooney. That's a small aircraft. Well, he was only paying me 100 bucks a day. Mm. But at that point, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I need the time. Uh, so again, at the size of the aircraft, it's a four-seater, you know? And right. uh, as you go down to that level, you know, I'm only getting 100 bucks a day, but an interesting thing about the corporate jet side of things, a lot of times the pay for someone who is just looking to fly part-time, is not as high as you think sometimes. Mm. It, it depends. It really does depend. If, if they, and this is where you, you got to play your cards right, you know, don't let them know that you just need the time. Right. And that's all you're doing right. is building time. If you want to make a living doing this, let them know that you're there and you're a professional. If you, uh, I, I know guys that only charge a dollar a day. And man, that drives the price down for everybody else. Um, and they... They, of course, just want to build time, so they don't mind charging a dollar a day. You know, and I think the key here, too, is to think about from a pilot standpoint, somebody wanting to work, you know, pick up one of these day rate, you know, or trips for somebody who owns the airplane is really the money, you know, a lot of times, you know, this is a business, so to speak. You know, you do want to be able to put food on your table, but that really should be secondary to the service. You know, you, I think it's important and it'll come out when you meet and quote interview with these people who own these airplanes, but you really want to be there to serve them. You're, you know, they're hiring you not so much to fly the airplane as much as to make their life easier. So that may involve flying the airplane, but that might involve uh, getting the airplane ready. That might involve reservations, rental cars, restaurant reservations. I, I don't know. That could look like a million things. But while you want to get paid for this, I think that really needs to be secondary to, hey, I'm here. Yes, I'll fly the airplane, but what can I do to make everything involved easier for you, Mr. Airplane Owner? And as a pilot, that's a good approach to take. And I think as, an, as somebody who owns the airplane looking for a pilot, that might be something worth sniffing out in candidates. 
And, you know, you do get what you pay for sometimes. You yeah, know, you do. <laughs> if uh, you want to hire the person that's willing to, to do it for free, a lot of times uh, you get, you know, the type of person that'll work for free, you know, that's uh, yeah. just willing to throw it out there. Most professionals are, are going to make you, you know, pay for, the, for that type of flying. And, and, you know, I got to be honest, something that kind of comes to my mind is I'm not sure if I was an airplane owner, I, I'm not so sure I would want to hire somebody who doesn't charge money because that tells me about how they think mm-hmm. and how they value their service. And th- that's a different person than somebody who comes to you confident, this is my rate, this is what I provide, these are the services. It's, it's a different person. And, and one isn't necessarily better or bad or worse or, than the other, but it's two different people. And as an airplane owner, I would really want somebody who maybe thinks more towards, you know, has the, more, has the confidence, this is my rate, has the uh, uh, reputation of quality and, and all those things that would come with, like you said, Carl, you get what you pay for. <laughs> you sure do. And, and you know, a lot of times you, you'll get people that, uh, you took the words out of my mouth, that's what their value is in their mind. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of times that's where they'll stay, you know, at that level and they won't be able to move forward. Interestingly enough, too, you know, how do you charge for your time? Well, mm. you know, don't make this mistake that I made, is when I started getting these offers, I like, you know, here I am a flight instructor. I have no clue about what to charge. And I look up at the rate that's on the board. It says, well, that says owner aircraft uh, charged X amount of dollars per hour. Maybe it was like $45 an hour. I was like, well, yeah, that's what I'll charge because that makes sense, right? (laughs) So here I'm flying a jet at $45 an hour, and it's only an hour and a half flight, and I'm there all day. And then I realized, wow, gosh, you know, I didn't quite make as much as I thought I would. As a matter of fact, I... Probably should have stayed at the flight school and taught all day, and I'd make more money. So that's the other side of that coin, too, is yeah. that you, you really have to understand how to charge and what to charge. It, it's tough, though, sometimes to go find out what the going rate is. I will say that usually in the city, you can charge a little bit more. Sure. Uh, and because there's more competition, and, uh, you know, there's, well, there's more money, and there's a little bit less competition, whereas out in the country, uh, there's a ton of competition. There's a lot of other pilots out there. So you can do that. But Another thing that a lot of owners of aircraft, what they will do, we talked about going to the local FBO. What they will do is they'll go to the local flight school. Uh, It's not necessarily the FBO. They'll go to the flight school and say, hey, listen, I'm looking for a pilot to do this. Well, you know, pilots at flight schools, especially guys that have been there for a long time, have a huge network of friends. And, you know, I know guys here at Albert Whitted Airport, which is the closest airport to me in St. Petersburg. Those folks know people, and I know guys have been there 30 years at that flight school. And if I need a pilot to help me out, to help move an aircraft or come pick me up, you know where I'm going. I'm going to this guy, Tom, and say, hey, Tom, I need a pilot to help me move uh, this Seminole from here to down in Fort, Fort Lauderdale and pick me up and bring me back, and he'll have somebody on it right away. And uh, he becomes kind of an agent for, for other people. So that getting to know that those people at the airport that have that knowledge is really important. Sometimes you will not be able to get in direct contact with them unless you get out there and start asking questions. You really need to ask questions. It's a daunting task, though, because you don't know. You don't know yeah. who to trust, right? That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tough time to try find people to actually trust that, that you know are, are really not going to you know, pull the wool over your eyes, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, I think that underscores the importance of maybe having a bit of a process to it. You know, as somebody approaching this, uh, you know, I need to hire a pilot. Um, while maybe the high-level tasks, you know, go to the airport, talk, uh, break into some of the people's networks out there and, and get yourself maybe a small pool. 
Uh, and, and I think the other thing to, to realize as somebody hiring a pilot for your own airplane is, and, and this is true, Carl, maybe you can attest this in the airlines as well and corporate is, I don't know if you're really hiring a pilot as much as you're hiring a decision maker. And the, the reason I say that is I think of uh, recently coming in, we were, uh, now this would be in the corporate world, but this applies to airlines, this applies to the single engine. We were coming in and we had some pretty significant wind shear, uh, you know, 50 feet above the runway, things got squirrely, so we got out of there. And we came around and we landed the other way and it was no big deal. But afterwards, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, that's what they're paying us for. To make those decisions in critical times like that. And if you think of hiring from that standpoint of I'm hiring a decision maker, uh, it might bring up different questions. It might take you down a different path than the person that you hire. And those people are making decisions about your life. That's right. And uh, that's, and, and when you look at somebody, another thing that I feel is important is I, I kind of, it, it sounds weird, but appearance is really important. You know, the airlines, it is. they wear uniforms, and that's for a reason. Now, I don't mean you have to get up dressed up in a tie, that type of thing, but, but you know, I always used to wear like a collared shirt, uh, a polo shirt. Uh, a lot of times when I was instructing, I wear a t-shirt and, you know, sh- shorts, nice shorts, that type of thing. And when I went to these jobs, uh, I'd ask them, hey, what do you want me to wear? Do you want me to wear a tie? How do you want me mm. to present myself? But if you're around the airport, people that are hiring people to fly them around, it, it, it's just the way life is. Appearances are so important. Yeah, if I see matter. a flight instructor, oh, gosh, they sure do. If I see a flight instructor that's <laughs> he's sitting there on the lounge chair and there's garbage all over the place and, you know, his, his the tail of his shirt's hanging out and he's hanging over the edge and he's his drink is slopped all over the floor you know i'm, I'm thinking gosh this isn't the guy i want in my airplane for a couple of reasons I, my airplane may need to be cleaned afterwards and then hmm. not only that is he gonna fly sloppy is right. he gonna be one of those guys that doesn't care about his appearance but also doesn't care about the airplane and that could be totally wrong the guy could be a great pilot and be very conscientious in the in the cockpit but that's not my impression. So first impressions are very important. Yeah, they I, matter. I, I always uh, think back, you bring up this, uh, in my mind, I laugh. My dad uh, always said, shoes. Look at their shoes. They'll <laughs> tell you everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's right. I mean, people that keep their shoes nice and not, not totally dirty, et cetera, and I'm kind of guilty of that lately. But I, you know, shining the shoes, that type of thing, it kind of sounds old-fashioned, but... It does work, and uh, you know, you talk about dress for success. It's not as important today as it used to be, but it, you know, it somewhat is. I, if uh, I, you know, I tell you, if I walked into the cockpit of the airliner that I work for and I was disheveled and I looked sloppy, they're like, "Gosh, you know, I'm not so sure. I I want to get up there in the you know and fly yeah. with this guy." That type of yeah. thing. So appearance well, it, is very important. And, and this goes along, and I, you know, I was going to escape me. I can't remember if it's the NTS. No, it's not the NTSB. It's NBAA who's got this top 10 list this year of safety issues. Uh, so this would be more the corporate world. But one of those issues is professionalism. And what we're talking about right now is professionalism. I mean, how do you approach your appearance? You know, I'm, I'm flying next week, and I already have on my, this might be a little much, but I have on my calendar Friday to go get my hair cut. So Monday, I'm, you know, appearance is good for this five-day trip that I'm going to go on. And so this stuff matters. Uh, and, and, you know, Carl and I are talking, well, we're talking about it now, Carl, but the, in the corporate world, the industry organization is saying it matters too. Sure. And, and professionalism. Right. 
And that's a big part of it. And, and it goes back to, you know, what do you do? Are your airmanship skills up, you know, based on, and that's all part of that professionalism. As a matter of fact, I tell you what, I'll link to that on the website. It just talks about all those different things and, and, and what you should do. And, you know, there's, you know, right from the beginning, do you go when you're too tired? Uh, do you right. are, have you been drinking too much alcohol the day before? You know that t- those type of that's things. a great example. And, that's a great example. You know, it's I, I I feel that you know if you're you're flying somebody people around, you really shouldn't be doing that. You know you, you have to really be conscientious of it. You know I you know like, believe me, I'm one that loves to try beers from all over the world. I mean I I love doing that, but you know what? I make sure I'm within the time frame I'm supposed to be, and I'm not drinking. Not only that, I make sure I'm not drinking too much. Period. And yeah. so there's one there's one thing too you know it's it's just having this this direct and and this culture of safety is incredibly incredibly important and it all starts from that airport but let's you know let's go back to to actually hiring people in in private aviation we've talked about trying to find people it's great to network with the FBO get your name out there get your business cards Wear a shirt, possibly, that has your website on it. You know, uh, maybe even hold up a, f- a, a big flag that says, we'll fly for food. No, I'm just kidding about that last one. <laughs> don't, don't do that. But, you know, it, it, that, that does it. Put yourself out there by letting everybody know your business. You know, you know as your, your mom always says, don't let everybody know your business. Well, this is a time when you want to let everybody know your business because that's, that's who you are. You're networking with, with that private and commercial aviation. That's incredibly important. And going along with that, Carl, one thing too I think is important is to be is to have a little bit of a differentiator. I mean, there's a difference between going out and telling everybody what you do. Oh, I I can fly the airplane. I did, but having you know they would call in the business world your elevator pitch. You know, a little 15 second thing that maybe differentiates you from the next guy who's also flying Saratogas or Chieftains, um, so that you can quickly get your message across. Number one, but number two, so that you kind of stand out as somebody who's prepared for that little 15-second opportunity that you get with a guy who walks in like Jim and says, I need a pilot. Exactly. And, you know, it's interesting, too. You, you go out there and you, there's a – we had a gentleman on named David Kaufman, and he actually does VLJs, uh, especially the, the Phenoms. And oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He is the guy to go to for that. Now, yeah. he has developed that brand of himself through over years and right. of course through a website and that type of thing and you're like oh well you know he flew for the thunderbirds i could never do that no 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 if you get to know an airplane really well right better than anybody else you're the one that's going to be selected to do that i mean and don't discount any type of aircraft that's Become right an expert on it um, no matter what it is you know i used to fly grumman aircraft and i worked for the parts distributor for the united states for Grumman aircraft. Well, I got to know the aircraft really well. I was the one that was asked to fly the aircraft into like NASCAR events and land on the run on the you know the 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 uh, the racetrack and stuff like that. But you know it's it's amazing. You know I actually never really did that because I said you know that's I I, I make more money <laughs> I make make more money flight instructor and let somebody else do that. But I would do demo flights for people. You know when they want to come back and see the airplane, hey, have them come back to the airport. You know I don't. I don't. I don't need to go do that. I want to go fly the airplane all the time. I don't want to park it somewhere and sit around for a day or two. <laughs> but that's niching yourself as an as an expert. In it a sure niche. is. It sure yeah. is. And you know that that's something I think everybody should do. I mean, the, the name of my blog is Expert Aviator. I think everybody right. should actually get some type of expertise in something. What, and, and it could be the Cheyenne, for instance. Remember, I was talking about my friend who flies a Cheyenne. 
he knows Cheyenne's inside and out. This guy knows a ton mm. about Cheyenne's, and that's because he's flown so many, and he knows the guys at Flight Safety who teach in the aircraft, mm. and he hangs out with them. He has lunch with them, and those guys feed him information. So if, if you want a guy to fly your Cheyenne, he's the one that you're going to look at. So right. same thing with any other type of aircraft. So that, that's really important. You're doing all this yourself. Now, we've, we've talked about private aviation. We've talked about piston aircraft. We've talked about single-engine pistons. The best way to get out there is network, get to know all the flight instructors, get to know the flight schools. Now let's move on a little bit. Let's move up the ladder a little, quote-unquote, as they say, up the ladder. And, uh, and before we move on, let me just say one thing. Don't ever discount a piston uh, aircraft job because some of those pay really well. If you have, say somebody has a Seneca and they want you to fly them around that Seneca, Two things. First, they you don't know what they're going to pay you because they may actually pay you very, very well, and and or a Baron or something like that, a piston aircraft, a twin. Then what happens is that plane actually turns into something bigger. In other words, they upgrade right. to another airplane, That's and right. then all of a sudden you're flying a jet. And uh, you know who they're going to look to first is you. They're going to say, "Hey, listen, do you want to get a type rating in this?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, I want to get type rating in this." Well, okay, we're going to pay for your type rating if you stick with us. And that's how that's it happens. Funny, uh, that's funny you say that. I know I'm real good friends with a gentleman who I've done contract work for. That's exactly what happened. He started working for a farmer in, the, in a 210. Mm-hmm. Then they bought a 310. Then they bought a, like a commander. Then a Lear 25. And in the last 10 years, they've bought two brand new Lear 45s. And he's been with them 24, 25 years now. All starting in that little uh, 210 or 182, whatever that first plane was. Yeah. I mean, look, look at my uh, airplane I was partners in. It was a 182. The owner of the 182, the, my other partner, he owned a business, and he decided this is just too small and it's too yep. too slow. He moved up to a Baron, and now they're looking at a turbine. Yep. So, so you never know. So now let's move up. Let's move up to the turbines. And now let's start looking at, well, how do I find a job flying a turbine aircraft? Now, as you move upwards, the people that have those aircraft, obviously there's more money to purchase those aircraft, and they have more money normally to pay somebody. You know, the bigger the plane, the more you get paid. So now there's other people that get involved with this process to find you jobs because people realize they can make money finding you a job. And some of those are some placement firms. Uh, Tom and I were talking offline before. What, what, what were some of the ones that we had talked about here? Well, the big names out there, um, I think, are BizJet Jobs. Um, Climb to 350 is a pretty big one. Um, I think you've had, um, what was the firm you had oh, yeah. that was pretty uh, large? JS Firm. As a yes. matter of fact, JS Firm is in episode 20, aviationcruisepodcast.com slash 20. So listen to uh, you know Amanda Myers. She talks about your resume and successful interviews, but they're also somebody that, that should look you should look towards for a job. As a matter of fact, we may even have them uh, on again, just talk about what the services are that they do. They're very much involved on all levels. As a matter of fact, um, they did a um, job fair. The first ever job fair at Sun and Fun was this year. They were the sponsors of that job fair. Yeah. Tells you something. So they And they find you jobs on all different levels. Uh, they're, they're out there. The, the, the jet jobs are out there. Uh, there's tons of websites. Again, you have to be careful what you're looking at, too. But mo- moving beyond that, too, I think for both, for well, maybe more so for owner, a little bit for pilot, but there's there are consulting firms out there um, who specialize in this type of work, too, where they're matching up owners and pilots. Right, right. And I think, well, I, I may not be sure, but you remember Wyvern, a corporation, they do yes. like safety ratings and stuff like that. And 
they did uh, they do aviation consulting, but at, at one point they also did something where they would uh, you know try to find empty flights and put people on those empty flights. Yeah. The, uh, and the Wyvern's a really, really cool company. I'll do a, a link to that. They basically, they do safety management, that type of thing. Uh, they have a Wyvern number. Uh, they also have a thing called the Wyvern Wingman certification, yep. that kind of thing, a registered I- operator. Uh, just a, a real, I, I know a lot of people there, and I think it's a terrific, terrific place. So I'll have to, you know, hook you up with those people. As a matter of fact, we should have. Somebody from Wyvern on that would be a really yeah, cool idea. That would be because there's a whole other career in aviation. <laughs> yeah, you know, and <laughs> people evaluating uh, corporate yeah. operations and and more so, you know, if you're looking to get an airplane to take you from point A to B, uh, you might want to look at, you know, what type of safety record do they have? Not all, all you know. They may not have had an accident or an incident, but you want to also look at how they're operating the aircraft, and this is a good place to go to find Especially out. Especially if you know, don't know what to look for. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, that's why the people hire these folks, because yep. they, they know how to do that. So it, it, it's pretty interesting. They have actually the, the uh, whole network all over the world, not just in the U.S., and, yep. and, they have, uh, and they've really come forward with technologies. I remember you know, they were online. Now they have the, you know, the, the iPad versions, et cetera. But getting back to the you know hiring and stuff like that, the the um, the JS firms, uh, there's the, the like you said the climb, climb to three five zero. These are most of these are are actually free uh, for you, but some of their services you have to pay for. These the paid for services are usually things that'll help you to move forward in your career. Uh, but the services that, as far as placement are concerned, it's usually paid by the employer. You know the employer hires these people to find them somebody or find them enough applicants to to review it you know this is no different than any other type of contracting type firm or or consulting form or job placement or headhunter where they find the applicant for the employer who doesn't have to spend all this time and money looking for themselves they weed out a certain number they give them to you and then they get a fee for that so that's how they make their money so Again, they're making money in this process, but also they're able to find you a perfect fit for the job because you, you want to make sure that the employer likes you and it is a good fit because you don't want to get in a job you don't like and isn't a good fit because then you're going to have to leave that job and it's another explanation on your resume. As to and, and, and as an owner, you want you want to you want to like them. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. And, and, and you know, because they're going to be big, big part of your life. Yeah. Uh, through that whole process. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there, I think, that, that look down upon some of these services, and they say, well, you know, I could do that myself. And, uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, you can find these things on your own. But you know what? Your your network's probably isn't as big as theirs, and I'm a big believer in casting a big net, you know, because you can get as many, many more fish than, than just casting that small net. Not that you won't be successful on your own. Of course, you, you're going to get lucky. And uh, and you'll get out there and get lucky, but you know why not use all these services and and make yourself available on all the different type of websites. There's um <laughs> there's another you know many different ways to get involved in in different flight schools and and CFI organizations where you can make yourself available to moving aircraft. A good example is a gentleman uh, that we had on who actually does a Cir- he moves Cirrus aircraft because he's a Cirrus certified instructor. And he will move aircraft. There's a funny thing because he actually helped uh, somebody I know move an aircraft from California and uh, to their base over in in New Jersey. 
and uh, Max Trescott, as a matter of fact, I don't even remember he was on the show. He did the, he wrote a book about the G one thousand. It's a definitive guide. Well, he also somebody knows this one aircraft real well, so he, he networks himself through other FBOs that way too. So you can make money in many different directions. But getting back yep. to, to these type of firms, I I will I will say that you know I I let them speak for themselves, but they even say that the you know the this whole process of being hired is is really really important you know to to actually go out there and get yourself prepared don't you know the, the worst thing you could do is go into the one job that you really like and not be ready for that job you know prepare yourself for that interview um be ready i mean there's so many things out there that that are, that are at your fingertips like the pilot jobs book you know t- putting together this there's that online course that we have on our website and it, it's it's really it's a, it's interesting how all those tools everything can help you. And I used to say, gosh, it's not worth it for me to do this. But look at all the money you make by actually using these tools, um, buying the suit. Uh, you know, we, I was at a job fair and we had people actually buy suits and uh, come up to, and talk to us. And they even told me, hey, I just bought this suit today. I think that's that's really really cool. And and that stuck in my mind. You know what? I'm going to think about that person again. But uh, you know, there's other uh, things that you know, Tom. I think you also have some episodes on the pilot. Uh, excuse me, the private jet podcast that you do. Uh, about yeah, we home. were we were real lucky to be joined by um, a firm that uh, one of the things they do is exactly this for owners, where they find crews or uh, all the different parts of aviation. But we did a three part series uh, with a company called Van Allen, and they pretty much have the corner on that market. So that you know, somebody like Jim who's looking to hire, maybe it's you know they're really geared towards more like like you had talked about earlier some of the bigger airplanes but the concepts they talk about i think apply to everything from the small piston all the way up through the large airliner if you're hiring a corp or a, a contractor for that um but yeah we did a three part series and i don't know the episodes off the top of my head but they were fairly recent in january or february all right. And what we'll do is once we get those, we'll, we'll put the links on uh, Aviation Careers Podcast, and and you'll be able to actually link to those from this episode, from uh, episode 63 here. I think uh, that was actually I, – I actually remember listening to a part of that, and that was really, really good stuff. So um, great Yeah, series. those guys are really smart. They, yeah. They've really seen it all. Good. So that that's another avenue you should go down, and, and we'll definitely – uh, make sure we point people towards those and, and may put a link on our website, maybe even put a little play button for you so you, you know it's uh, what it's from. Uh, but that's that's the kind that's the level we're going towards is is moving up that quote unquote ladder. Now again, I don't want to discount anybody flying uh, a Seneca or or a, a King Air, et cetera. They have had wonderful careers. I've had people that tell me that they've gone I know guys have gone from flying uh, a seven thirty seven to flying a King Air, which seems like a step backwards, but if you think about it, the person's home almost every night. Uh, he might be on call all the time. Now, here was the one downside. He did tell me. He said, "You know, I'm on call all the time, so I I could never have a beer. You know, I could never have a drink, but that's okay because I love the fact that I can be home and enjoy myself. So that yep. that's pretty pretty awesome stuff. So this has been pretty interesting as far as this perspective we're taking here. We're taking it from you know, Jim's question and, and looking at it. Now think about this. Look at it from his perspective. He's looking for you. Okay. Now, now <laughs> I'm going to pick on Jim here for a minute, but Jim wants you to take his Seneca from Brandywine airport down to Myrtle beach. And he wants you to fly him and a friend there. And then he wants you to come get him a week later. So what he's going to do is two things. He's going to either tell you to, Hey, go bring the airplane back 
or stay with us at the beach. He'll probably wind up having you send you home and, uh, and fly the airplane back. But now, how do you get that trip? How do you find that person? How does Jim go about finding that, that pilot? I think, I think that's what we're trying to do here, and I think hopefully we've colored that a little bit. You know, go, go locally. Go to the FBO. Find the flight instructors. Network with those people. And then find the person that, that knows the people and knows the airplanes and, and is in contact with those people. Get business cards. Put flyers out at the airport if they'll let you do that. Contact all the owners in your area. I mean, that's, that's a really important thing. I mean, Tom, you know, I know you've been pretty bold about going out to the airport and asking people for a job. Say, hey, I want to I fly that yeah, airplane. That's and, right. And, uh, you know, I know in the last episode, Jamie even said the same thing. Jamie Beckett we had on. And he said, listen... This guy went up and said, hey, listen, you know, I'd love to fly that airplane. You know, how, how do you get a job doing that? And the guy looks at him and says, well, tell you what, give me, send me your resume and come back tomorrow. <laughs> and he got the job. Yeah, it's interesting because what he did there, and, and you and I have talked about this, he asked for advice. Mm-hmm. He didn't ask to fly the airplane. He didn't ask for a job. He asked for advice. Yes. Yeah. And that is important. Uh, never come across like you know everything. Yeah. And I, I will say that a good example is, and I'm not the kind of spiteful person or anything like that, but you know, I was at an FBO once, and I wasn't treated very well by one of the employees. I was like, yeah, whatever. But then I, I overheard him talking about how he's going to go fly for the airlines, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do that. And it's like, gosh, you know, I don't think I would ever recommend this person because of the poor treatment I, I received. If he's done that for, to me, he could have done it to somebody else. And you know what? You never know. I might be the person he's, who's interviewing him in the future. You never know. That, that, that is, there's, that's no joke. It's <laughs> no and, joke. Well, and, and it's happened, you know, where, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden I'm, you know, I, I helped out with uh, the airline I worked. And somebody showed up and said, oh, my gosh, I know you. And I, I said, oh, wow, it's good to see you. All of a sudden we had this connection. And I'm yep. like, gosh, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to get that person in because I know the person, I know their background, and uh, as much as I can do as an individual, you know, I'm going to because, do that. Because see, you because you knew his background a little bit, you know, and you think about this both from a pilot or an owner who's trying to hire a pilot, it, you felt more comfortable. It was less risk for you to move forward, right? Oh, sure, of right. Course. So the same thing I think holds for for our topic here today. The the owner he's trying to to not expose himself to a lot of risk. And then the pilot, how can you market yourself as a solution to that? Right, right. Well, gosh, you know, let's start, you know, we're at, at the end of this here and try to wrap it up. I can't believe we talked this long about this topic because it's, it's a good topic. A, it's an awesome topic. But, you know, let, let's get a couple of little takeaways for people. Number one, uh, and from my perspective, let's tar- start with small aircraft. Uh, get your name out there. Be known by everybody. Be everywhere at every airport, know everybody, and put on that happy face. Don't and don't ever forget that you never know who you're talking to because that could be the person that's going to hire you to fly you somewhere. You know, I I met a guy who had a big ponytail and uh, he had a T-shirt that was wrapped in a knot and really ragged shorts and uh, flip flops. And he looks at me and says, "Hey, do you mind flying me to Key West?" I was like, "Sure." And then I got talking to him. I said, "Well, what do you do for a living?" He says, "Well, I used to own a couple banks." 
I was like, yeah. oh, really? <laughs> and so you never know what you, who you're talking to. So treat everybody really well, in other words. That's very, very important. And, and also maybe start looking at some of these firms. We'll give some links there. We'll give some links to, to Tom's uh, discussions that he's had with people hiring. It runs the gambit, but the, the premise is the same. And I know for Jim, it's tougher to find somebody that's, that's going to go fly the, the 182 for you. Believe me, I've had that problem. I mean, getting people, hey, listen, hey, do you mind moving my 182? Well, you know, it's not a twin. I don't think I want to fly it. It's like, what, are you <laughs> kidding me? Come on, you never know. And you don't know who I am. You know, I may just know somebody, you know, I may be a, a pilot or a Czech airman or somebody who does hiring for the airline. And if you fly with me or you fly my airplane and I look at you fly, I can recommend you based on that. So you never know who you're talking to. So that's another big tech way is you never know who, you, who you're talking to. Tom, you have a couple, I think, for takeaways that, that, that's really important. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest one maybe would be from the person doing the hiring standpoint, from a fellow like Jim's standpoint. And that is really most people who own an airplane and, and from, from a, a 182 all the way up, you know, those people usually got there because they're really good at making things happen. Many of them are business owners, and they've done this before. They've hired people before, just maybe not in aviation. So I think a takeaway is really to think about You've done this before. What do you look for in those other areas? A lot of those same characteristics and traits will carry over here. And your gut means something in this, in this game. It sure does. And, you know, if you're listening right now and you want to get into flying a small airplane at your local airport and that's all you want to do, you don't want to move away, you know, take some of these tools and, and find the people that are successful at it and follow them. See what they do. You know, mimic what's good, don't do what's bad, and make yourself even better than what they're doing eventually. Uh, I think it's it's really, I feel, a very rewarding job to fly somebody and their family. You have a very personal relationship with that person when you're flying them around. Uh, you, you feel that you are a big part of moving their business forward. Tom yes. can attest to that. I yes. mean, you work for a company that makes something. And they sell something. And, you know, it's, it's incredible to be a part of that whole team. It's unbelievable. You, you, you can't, it's, it's, it's kind of like marriage. You know, everybody says, oh, it's great. And, and you go, okay, fine. But until you do it, <laughs> right. you, you know, the same thing here, until you do it and you see that you, you were part of the equation and they value you for that. It, it's a feeling that uh, you just got to, you got to do it. And, you know, just to, to close on that point, as far as our discussion here, just want to relate one quick story. A gentleman at the airport, he used to help me or get some flights, and he used to let me fly with him in the King Air in the right seat. And he said to me, he says, you know, I get so much satisfaction out of this. He says, I've flown bigger planes. I've flown tin cans. He calls them, you know, the airliners. <laughs> he said, you know, I'm, I'm at the Christmas party, and they invite me to their corporate Christmas yeah. party. Awesome. And he says, um, you know, the... The CEO is, is introducing people and giving away awards and things like that. And then during the whole talk, he says, before we finish, I want to introduce you to one of the most important people in my life. And, and that's our pilot. And he brought the pilot up <laughs> and said, this is the man that keeps me safe and gets me home alive and gets me to my destinations. And this is one of the biggest keys to our company here wow. is this person. He couldn't believe it. He's like, wow, what incredible recognition. What, what an amazing feeling to know that you're part of an organization and that you're a key player within that organization. Wow. 
you know, and I'm not That's just a great getting, story. It is. It is. I'm not just getting people that work for the airlines, but sometimes you don't get that feeling. Uh, you sometimes feel like you're a number. You don't feel that way in a corporation. That's for sure. Gosh, Tom. <laughs> well, we'll end with that story because it, it kind of gives me chills when I think about it because I remember him relating that to me. And yeah, that's it, really cool. Uh, what a wonderful life that person had. Yeah, Tom, I really appreciate you being here today. This is awesome. I mean, all, yeah, all the I love this. Good really... conversation. Something kind of different. Yes, and, it is uh, definitely is different. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully you'll hear from Jim and he got some value here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he, he will. Uh, he's going to say, well, you didn't give me real specifics. Well, yeah, go out to the airport and, and, and find those people. Ne- start networking yourself. If you have a small airplane, it's going to be tougher because you know what? Those people are going to want to go out and fly bigger airplanes. But that's just the way it is. You know, but you never know. You never know who you'll find. Never know. So, uh, so definitely get out there and do that. Also, uh, another thing we've decided to start doing before we we uh, wrap up here is I've started this thing where we're doing a scholarship of the week. You know, there's scholarships for just about everybody out there, and we started putting those on the website and Aviation Careers Podcast. And the one scholarship that I'm going to talk about today is actually um, it's called the Harrison Ford Training Scholarship. It's worth $1,500, and and I know most of the scholarships that we have out on the website right now are actually only available for people that are, say, you know, in high school or in college and, and right now working towards a degree. There are other scholarships out there. They're just not on the website yet. I told you I have over 500 of them. It's just taking a long time to put them out there, and so it's a, a really valiant effort done by Russ, who's actually the, the scholarships administrator. But this scholarship here is, uh, you know, Harrison Ford, he was the chairman of the EAA Young Eagles program uh, for about five years, and uh, actually it's from five years, exactly, from 2004 to 2009, and, you know, he did this, made this incredible contribution to general aviation. You know, he's a very active and avid general aviation pilot. And, you know, by funding this endowment, uh, there's a, a couple people named Angela and Jim Thompson. They created this and, and, and make an enduring legacy of Harrison Ford's contribution to the youth and general aviation, which I think is terrific. And, you know, the Thompsons hope that other supporters will join in, in making the Harrison Ford Scholarship a powerful force in aviation scholarships for all young people. Now, the people that can apply for this, well, we're looking at people between the ages of 16 and 20. And uh, it must include, by the way, a signed authorization by the, by the parent. And uh, it's a value of $1,500 for training. Okay, there's six awards annually for private, uh, recreational, or sport pilot certificate. Uh, and you normally have to apply by December 34th uh, each year. The way they select people, it's awarded to a participant who received a young Eagles flight, okay, and has completed the Sporties Learn to Fly course. So those are a couple things that you have to do. Uh, and, and as required for, by the way, the certificate that you're, you're looking for. Uh, they must have successfully passed the Learn to Fly course, too, as required by that, and submit a paper well, with 750 words or less describing how this scholarship will make your dream of flight possible and impact your future. And I tell you what, if, if you want to check this out, I have a link to it, the Harrison Ford Scholarship. This is, this is awesome. There's so many people out there that are helping people move forward. $1,500? doesn't sound like much money, but you know what? For just filling out some paperwork, spending some time and putting the application in, it's worth it. Absolutely. $1,500, $500. There's $15,000 scholarships out there. There's tons of them on the website. So make sure you go out and check out the scholarships. There's 60 scholarships that are there for free as long as you register. After that, all the rest of the scholarships are for those folks that are monthly members and annual members. And, of course, as, a, as an annual member, you get all those other benefits, too. But if you're just looking for scholarships, I made it super inexpensive for right now. It's only $5 for a month access to all the scholarships we have on the website. 
And of course, you get the introductory videos on everything else too. So you usually get like chapter one out of everything else that we have out there. So check that out. Uh, I have a link to it. Uh, check out all the other scholarships that are out there. And uh, there, it, I just this is just tickles me to death to be able to do something like this for people to to enable them to actually get money to move forward in their careers and move towards a career goal. Well, folks, that that wraps it up for today. I again, Tom. Thanks for being here, and uh, yeah. if you want to contact Tom, you can also go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact, and we'll we'll shoot an email over there. We'll also have links to his uh, private jet podcast where you can uh, learn a lot about what it's like to uh, fly in those private jets and uh, private aviation. So, uh, Yeah, thanks for having me back, Carl. I, I really <laughs> always enjoy coming on the show. Yeah, it's been great, and Tom has some great insight, and we definitely will, will have you back on here again. So... Uh, if you're listening right now and this appeals to you, you want to work in that private aviation, you want to work at an airport, this is my challenge to you. I know I always ask you to try to do one thing to move towards your goal. Well, the one thing you should do is is right now figure out a way that you can go to the airport and, and find somebody or do something that will get you in contact with somebody that possibly will want you to fly the airplane. It could be as simple as walking up to somebody and saying hi, an owner of an aircraft, say, hey, here's my card. If you don't have cards... That's the one thing you should do is print out some cards. If you have cards from the local flight school, give them that card. Say, hey, I'm always available for flying, flying you around if you want me to. But do something small uh, and, and move move that one inch towards that, that career goal. You know, don't, don't uh, discount that because, you know, someday your car is going to come up. You know, I've had people pick up my car and say, hey, listen, I remember talking to you a couple of years ago. Are you still interested in doing some flying for me? So you never, ever know, especially if you made an impression when that person might want to hire you. Because, you know, you gotta, you got to remember, these are people that own businesses. And I know, as someone that has owned businesses in the past, that I'm always looking for somebody. I'm always looking at people and saying, hey, that person would be a great person to work for me. Can't hire them now, but you never know. Someday I might. So remember that. And, and do that one thing that, that uh, will move you towards that career goal. If you get a chance, send me an email. Tell me about something that you've done, some success story, and we'll, we'll read it here right on Aviation Careers Podcast about how you were able to network and get that private job, especially if it's somebody that's, that was able to fly a small aircraft. I'd love to hear your story. That, that would be awesome. It's apropos for this, this episode right now. Again, if you appreciate the contact, go out and take a look at our sponsors on the right side and uh, also consider annual membership. Uh, you can click on the membership options to check that out. Well, safe flying. We'll talk to you in the next episode. And, uh, you know, keep, keep your head up in the sky. Keep them in the clouds. But today, start building that foundation so you can keep your castles up in the sky and build all the way up to those dreams. Leave them up there, but make sure you keep planning and keep building that foundation towards that goal. Talk to you next episode. been listening to aviation careers podcast an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career this aviation podcast is produced by the valeri aviation corporation although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast compensation never influences our opinion before purchasing any product or service you should always do your own research music by billy wheeler all rights reserved